It's episode 49 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show, and I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. This show is designed to empower women to find their own expression of the keto diet to maximize their health and happiness. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey there, friends. Welcome back. Thanks, as always, for joining me on Keto for Women today and another very important episode that we need to chat about as women. And I mentioned this last week. I promised that this would be coming up, and here it is. I've had so many questions and requests for an episode all about birth control and the current birth control options out there, what we can do if we want to switch over to something different, just things you need to consider, some side effects, the pros, the cons, everything. So we're going to talk about that today. But first, I sometimes like to do these, like, give you ideas and inspiration on different things you can do in the kitchen. And if you've been following me on social media, then you know I've been all about the grill because it's spring and it feels like spring, at least sometimes. Here in Boulder, we're still kind of wavering, but we've had some really good days that feel like summer. And then as soon as that happens, I want to be out grilling. I've never actually owned my own grill. I have had roommates that have had a grill way back in the day, but it's been a while since I've been able to grill. And now in my new place, I have a balcony that has a hookup for a grill already here. So that was one of the first things that I did when I moved in was buy myself a grill and hook that all up. And it was a very dramatic process, which I'm not going to get to here on the podcast. I talked about it a little bit on my Instagram stories, but oh my gosh, it just was a mess. But I'm here and I have a grill. And now that I do, I've been really getting into the grilling. So like I mentioned, I've been showing on my social media what I've been doing. And I just want to talk about it here because It's just so easy to really bump up your nutrient intake by grilling every single vegetable you have. There's really not very many things that you can't put on a grill. Last week, I actually grilled beets and got a lot of responses of, oh, I didn't know you could grill beets. And really, I mean, there's no reason not to at least try. I think next time what I would do is make them a little bit thinner. So we cut them up into kind of almost like a large fry shape, I guess, kind of like a triangle cut shape. And it worked really well and they were so good, but I think that they could get even softer if they were a little bit smaller. So I might try next time just slicing them and then putting them right on the grill, just slicing them and then flipping them over almost like a burger, like a mini burger patty. So that was one thing I experimented with. But then I just want you all, if you have a grill, or even if you don't, just start experimenting with different vegetables and just try it. The cool thing with vegetables, especially with being keto, is that the more fat you add, the better it's going to turn out no matter what method you're using to cook them. So 
on the grill, just cut them up, whatever you're going to do, and then make sure you're slathering them with some coconut oil or ghee or butter or something like that before you put them on and then put some salt on there too. That's all you have to do. And you can do that with every single vegetable and they come out tasting amazing. So my favorites have been eggplant, slicing those, putting them right on the grill, portobello mushroom caps, so good. So, so good. Again, putting them right on the grill. You can do carrots, parsnips, like I mentioned, beets, zucchini, just slice them. Same thing with like yellow squash, slice them long ways, put them right on the grill. You can do an entire head of cauliflower, which we did last week, and you can either slice it and make it into cauliflower steaks. I know that's a big thing, or put the whole thing right on the grill. It's so easy. So cool how that works. So just give it a try and experiment a little bit this summer with your grilled vegetables. You all know I'm so just adamant about women in ketosis getting their nutrients. And especially if you're doing any sort of fasting protocol, there's a good chance you're not getting enough nutrients, which is kind of one of the downsides of fasting, in my opinion. So you really need to crank it up when you are eating, when it is your feasting time. And getting out the vegetables will definitely do that. And if you can grill them, you're going to be so happy because they're delicious. Now, of course, I'm not eating just vegetables when I am grilling. I'm also, every single time, having the most amazing meal because of my ButcherBox meats. And you all know ButcherBox is a proud sponsor of the Keto for Women show. It is just the most amazing meat company that I just absolutely adore. And I'm always so excited when it's dinner time and I get to eat my ButcherBox steaks, especially when they come off the grill. So I've done tenderloins, I've done ribeyes, I've done fillets, I've done pork chops, and I've even done chicken thighs all on the grill. And they come out so fantastic. They always are cooked so perfectly because it's just good, high-quality meat. And that's why I love ButcherBox so much is because not only is it delivered to your door so you don't have to worry about trying to go scope out the grocery store products and see if what you're actually buying is actually what is on the label because quite often it's not. It can say grass-fed, but it's not actually grass-fed the entire time, which is really just... Not good. Not something that I think should be allowed in the stores, but they are. When you buy from ButcherBox, you can be guaranteed that those animals have been treated really well and have had a really great life. And that's what's important with our meat quality is that those animals came from a healthy spot so that now we can be healthy too. So that's what ButcherBox does. And it's delivered right to your door. And right now you have a few more weeks. You can get two pounds of free salmon, wild Alaskan salmon, two pounds. That is such an amazing deal. They just started adding salmon to their mix of their beef, pork, and chicken options. Now they have fish. Oh my gosh, it is so exciting. So head over to butcherbox.com slash KFW. That stands for Keto for Women, just in case you didn't know. And get your two pounds of free salmon when you place an order with ButcherBox. That's butcherbox.com slash KFW. All right, now that we've talked about food and I've gotten you all hungry and now you're all gonna go fire up your grills when you get home and put every single vegetable that you have on that grill with a bunch of coconut oil. And one more quick note about that. For some reason, I don't know what it is. When you have vegetables and coconut oil on a grill, 
it smells like popcorn. I have no idea why. I don't know if it's a particular vegetable, if it's the coconut oil, if it's the mix of the coconut oil and the grill. I don't know, but just be prepared that it's going to smell like popcorn, which is a nice added perk. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about birth control. So what I want to go over today, I mean, of course, not specifically related to keto because we're talking about ways to protect ourselves from having an unwanted pregnancy, but I do see a really large population of women in the ketogenic space who are on the birth control pill for many times for not a really good solid purpose and they don't have the education to know what they're doing to their bodies, whether that's a good option for them or not. It's just kind of this oblivious thing, and I totally get it. But now I want to, again, because this is something that I'm very, very adamant about, of course, I want to empower you all to make the best decision for you on what your option of birth control should be. So the only way that I can do that is to educate and to explain kind of what the different options are, what some of the side effects of each one are, and then you can make that choice. And that's something that I think is really important to note too, is that a lot of us, many, many, many women get prescribed the birth control pill basically because the doctor doesn't really know what else to do for the hormonal symptoms that you're experiencing. So for instance, PCOS, heavy, painful periods, not having a period or amenorrhea, having irregular menstrual cycles, anything that you go to, to a traditional medicine doctor that has a hormonal component many times they will prescribe the pill. Now, it's not anything against that practice or what they're doing. That is what they are taught to do. That's what they know to do. That's their job is to take the symptoms that you come to them with and relieve them. It's symptom relief. And taking the birth control pill will provide that. So if you're not having a menstrual cycle, it will provide a false menstrual cycle. If you're having heavy and painful periods, it will basically take that away. If you have PCOS, it will kind of give your body the idea of having a menstrual cycle without actually having one. So it's definitely one of those situations, which is the case in a lot of these situations, that it is a Band-Aid. You're covering up what's going on with your hormones by taking synthetic man-made hormones and putting them into your body to mimic what it would be like to have a menstrual cycle, even though you're not doing that. You're not actually having a menstrual cycle. You're basically just having a period. You're bleeding, but the rest of the menstrual cycle, which is a very intricate space for us women and something that every single day, something different happens in our bodies as women to our hormones that makes us women. And it's a really cool process that our body goes through on a month-to-month basis, whether you like it or not. I mean, I know that having a period isn't the most convenient of things. None of us actually like it. But as someone that has come from a place of not having a regular menstrual cycle for a long time and then getting it, I will never, ever be mad when my period comes because for me now, it is a sign that I'm healthy because when I wasn't healthy, I lost my period. And so now that I have my cycle back and it's regular and easy and 
just like nothing, basically, a breeze, we'll say. Now that for me, every single month is just a reminder that I'm doing the right thing and that I'm healthy and my body is balanced. So I think that's a really good place for a lot of women to be with their menstrual cycles and to use that as basically a gauge, one of many gauges of your health status. But if you're using birth control, anything, birth control pills or IUDs or anything, and we're going to go over these, then you can't really do that. So that's one of my biggest concerns when I see so many women who are ready to get their health back on track and having some health issues or random symptoms or just things aren't really able to be in balance, but they're taking a birth control option. They're on birth control. They have synthetic hormones in their body. And so right there, that wipes out any way that we can tell how you're doing health-wise from a hormonal standpoint, but it also, you're doing some damage because you're putting man-made synthetic hormones in your body. So you're doing some damage, which again, we're going to talk about. So that's kind of where this episode comes from in just my desire to talk to those women who want to take charge of their health and want to understand why these specific things are happening to them, but they're on birth control. Because, you know, maybe that's something to start looking into. And I want to be as balanced in this as I can. But I just have to start by saying that I am not remotely on board with birth control pills, or even an IUD that is hormonal, copper we'll talk about. There's some good, some bad. But definitely as far as a birth control pill goes, I am not on board with that for women and you'll find out why. So I just need to get that out there, but I'm going to try to be as balanced as I can because it is a personal decision for every single woman. You have to decide for yourself if that's the best choice for you and what matters and what's important for you. One more thing, This episode may not really apply to you because you're not on birth control. But again, we have these episodes. It's pretty much every episode, although I don't say it. But particularly these episodes that are about a subject that is pretty common and pretty widespread and a lot of women don't have the education needed. If that is the case and you know somebody who could be your daughter or your friend or your sister who is having health issues, is on birth control, and is kind of oblivious, then this may be a good episode to share. This might be the time to start sharing your knowledge. Either you talk to them or send them to the episode and I'll talk to them right now. But this is a time where not only do we need to have the empowerment in ourselves, but we need to work as a team to empower other women too. This is not just me empowering you, it's you empowering others too. So it's this downstream effect. And that's how we can really make a change in the female community, keto or not. This isn't going to be that much about keto except to say that, of course, we all know based on all the 48 episodes I've done prior that a ketogenic diet when done correctly and safely and effectively for women is very healing to hormones. When you're on birth control, that's going to be really hard to detect. It's going to, I guess, to some degree, you will be able to hopefully see some changes But that's going to be really hard because your body is reliant on this surge of hormones coming in every day with that pill or, you know, the IUD having that implanted in your body to 
make it so that it's not really doing its own thing at all. The pill is doing the work, not your body. So it's going to be very hard to determine if anything good is coming from that with a ketogenic diet, but it would be a great place to be as someone who has just gotten off or is getting off or is changing what they're doing. You're going to feel a lot less of the symptoms of changing or getting off the pill or whatever you decide to do if you are already in ketosis and your hormones are already kind of starting to amp up a little bit. Okay, so let's get into the nitty gritty of it. Before we talk about the specific things, there's one more point I want to mention. As I said, a lot of times your doctor is prescribing a birth control option, most likely the pill. There's a lot of different forms of the pill, but I just want to make sure that you remember that birth control options don't fix your hormonal issues. Let me repeat that. Birth control options do not fix your hormonal issues. So if you are on the birth control pill, it's not fixing why you were put on the birth control pill. And I think that's a really big misunderstanding because a lot of women will be like, I was put on this pill 20 years ago and I can't get off because I have painful periods if I do. Well, that has masked it for 20 years, but you've never found the root cause of why you have painful periods. And really, that could be a huge answer for you to not only get rid of your painful periods, but also help you get to a balanced weight or heal your blood sugar, heal your thyroid, heal your adrenals, water retention, PMS symptoms. I mean, the list goes on and on where painful periods is just one symptom of a lot of other symptoms that lead us to an answer of what's actually going on with your hormones. So just keep that in mind that you're not doing anything to heal your body by being on birth control. In fact, as you'll find out now, because we're going to talk about it, you are actually harming your body in the process of being on that birth control pill. So let's talk specifically about the pill. That's kind of where I've been leaning towards this whole time, although we'll get to the others for sure. So as most of you probably know, the birth control pill is something that you take every single day. You have three weeks of it being a small dose of synthetic hormone, progestin, which is not the same as progesterone. Progestin is the synthetic hormone that mimics progesterone in the body. And then you have a week of just basically taking a sugar pill when you actually menstruate and have your period. Now, the birth control pill is keeping you from ovulating. That's how it works. So you don't ovulate. That means you don't release an egg. That means you can't get pregnant. That means that basically your entire menstrual cycle, as I said, that it's a dance, really, that intricate dance that our hormones do on a day-to-day basis as women, that's what makes us women, your body is not doing that at all. So you will not ovulate. You will not have these increases in estrogen and progesterone throughout the month. You will not have this LH and FSH signaling process that determines the ovulation cycle and the menstruation cycle. That will all kind of be dysregulated. Everything's going to be dysregulated and you'll be reliant on the pill. So your actual hormones won't be doing a whole lot. What your body actually does won't be there. 
And that's really the tricky part because a lot of women are on the pill, and I was one of them. I was on the pill for 15 years straight, pretty much. You're on them for a very long time. And when that happens, obviously your body kind of forgets what to do on its own. You know, like it's been reliant on these synthetic hormones doing its work for years and years and years. And then you go off and your body doesn't know what to do. So we'll talk about what you can do if you do want to get off the pill, which really you're probably already doing if you're listening to this show and working on getting into ketosis or have been in ketosis. You're probably already doing it, but there's a few little tricks too that will help. But let's talk about the side effects of this. So we already know that you're not actually ovulating, which is a hugely important part of the female body. And a really cool thing that kind of needs to happen in your body to stay healthy. It's a really great tool for your body to use to regulate itself and keep itself balanced. Okay, so let's talk about these birth control pill side effects. Probably one of my biggest concerns with the birth control pill is the depletion of nutrients. So first of all, antioxidants are depleted when you take the birth control pill. And everything that I'm about to say has been very well documented in scientific studies. So I'm not just saying this just to say it. It's all been documented. You can Google it and find the evidence if you'd like. So specifically vitamin E and vitamin C, they're very depleted when you are on the birth control pill. And those specific antioxidants work to protect your cells. So they're a cell protecting mechanism that is now depleted in those who take the birth control pill. And obviously, then you're leaving your cells open for damage, which I mean, I guess, kind of hard to determine if that's actually happening in you. But I would say if you're taking the birth control pill, and you've been on it for a few years, there's a really good chance. And that's not really something that you're going to just outwardly see. It's a more of an internal Like you just don't want that to happen and it's happening kind of thing. So just know that that could be going on for you. And then continuing on, like I mentioned, more nutrient depletion that happens with the birth control pill is with B vitamins. B vitamins are so important. They give us energy. They give us our neurotransmitters, which are like our feel-good, happy-producing hormones in our brain. They also promote calmness. So... That's really, I think, one of the biggest things that I think people can actually notice when you're on the birth control pill, especially over a period of time, is your personality changes a little bit. Like you're a little bit more edgy or you don't have that calmness. You have a little bit more moodiness. You're not as happy, maybe a little bit of depression. I think really seeing those changes in your mood and personality are something that a lot of women can notice when they are on the birth control pill. And don't think that it's because of your hormones. It's because of your B vitamin depletion. And more so with the B vitamins too, they also work at balancing your actual sex hormones. They're really important for your liver detox, which we just did an episode about how important it is to detox your liver. They work to build your thyroid hormones. They work on your immune system. They are important for tissue repair. So there's a lot of other reasons. Like basically, B vitamins are no-brainers. Like we need those and it's not going to be the same or you can't just, I guess, supplement with it just to a maximum degree and still take the birth control pill. That's not really how it works. It needs to come from 
bioavailable food sources would be the best way to up your B vitamins. And it's still going to cause a depletion because we all have a problem with B vitamin depletion. And it's just going to amplify that when you are on the birth control pill. Another big thing, I mean, it's scary to think about it, but there are, again, very documented cases of showing that those that have been on birth control pills have a higher risk of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, cervical, liver, uterine cancer. Those are some pretty serious risks and all from just taking this tiny little pill. So although it seems like you're not doing a whole lot and you're just preventing a baby from coming into your life at a time where you're not ready. This is serious stuff. These are things that have been shown to be true and need to be taken seriously. Birth control pills also disrupt your microbiome. So the microbiome, as we've talked about in our gut health episodes, that's basically your balance of good bacteria versus bad bacteria in your gut. And having an ample amount of good bacteria and minimal bad bacteria is essential to your optimal health. And we're finding more and more out about how important our microbiome is on a daily basis. Every day, new stuff comes out about what your microbiome and that balance in your gut bacteria is actually promoting health-wise in you. And if it's out of balance and you have more bad bacteria than you'd want or your good bacteria is low, You'll feel it today and just not feeling as good, maybe digestively or having skin breakouts or having depression, anxiety, or other mood disorders. You get those symptoms from having a disrupted microbiome. And then you'll feel it long-term too by just being at a greater risk for like autoimmune disease and even cancer and more significant health issues, Alzheimer's, dementia, those kinds of things as well are being linked to microbiome disruption. So really the fact that, again, the pill could be causing that, even if you're drinking all the kombucha and eating all the fermented foods and taking your probiotics, it's still going to be creating that imbalance and depleting your good bacteria in your gut every time you take that pill. So not only does the pill kind of basically shut off I won't say totally shut off, but diminishes your capability of producing your own hormones. It also increases sex hormone binding globulin, which basically the purpose of that protein is to bind free hormones and make them unusable to the body, which is good if you have excess or, and that's really just kind of the way that our whole body balances out so that we stay in maintenance mode. But if you have more, so as you take the birth control pill that automatically increases this SHBG, then you're going to start having an increase in these bound hormones. So once again, you have this hormonal imbalance happening where you have hormones in your body, but your body doesn't recognize them as being usable and just really have not only hormonal imbalance, but just low hormones across the board. So not only because your body is basically not really working to its capacity because it doesn't have to, but also because of this SHBG. So keep that in mind too, that not only will that be happening during your pill taking, but also if it's something that you decide to get off of, then you're going to have to spend a little bit of time and really pay attention to work on getting your hormones back to balanced on its own and get that working properly again. 
Uh, The pill has been long known to increase the risk of blood clots, stroke, and pulmonary embolism, which pulmonary embolism is a clot basically that's in the lungs specifically, and it also raises the risk of heart attacks. So again, well-documented research to show that that will happen over the course of the long term potentially in those that have taken the pill. The pill increases oxidative stress on the body, which is basically like an increase in inflammation. And you can actually see this. And this might be something where some of you may have noticed this in yourself. If you get your blood tested and you notice a higher level of inflammation, specifically in like C-reactive protein or CRP, if that's high and you don't know why and you're confused and you thought your inflammation was under control, but you're taking the birth control pill, then that could be your answer. And simply getting off that, allowing your body to heal a little bit and then retesting that CRP, you would notice that potentially lower simply because of that. So I guess that's all I'll go into. I think that's enough to at least give you the education to know that the pill is not innocent. Taking the birth control pill is not an innocent thing. It definitely needs to be taken with a lot of consideration and what's important to you to determine if that's worth it to deal with those risks, both short-term and long-term, and to know what you're doing to your body. The one thing I'll say about the pill as well is that I've kind of mentioned this already. It is hard and it can take a while for you to go back to having normal menstruation after getting off the birth control pill because of those reasons I already mentioned. So that's also something to consider. And we'll talk about what you want to do if you want to get off this birth control pill and move on to something else when we talk about other options. But just know that it's not going to necessarily come back automatically. And that is something that if you are someone that wants to get pregnant and you're using the birth control pill up until the time where you desire a pregnancy, then just know that it might be a lot longer than you anticipated to start ovulating again. And obviously, we need ovulation in order to make a baby. So keep that in mind. Now, before we move on, I've got to take a second to tell you about the podcast partner that I am so excited to announce here on Keto for Women, Rasa Coffee. If you guys have not tried Rasa before, you are in for such a treat. I love Rasa for so many reasons. First of all, they are a Boulder local company, so always love to support those here in Boulder, but also they're doing great things for the coffee alternative space. So, so many times I see women just relying on so much coffee to get them through the day, especially in the keto space. And it just doesn't need to be that way. And quite honestly, shouldn't because it can really take a toll on your adrenals. So why not have a coffee alternative that not only tastes amazing, and I mean amazing, but also actually works to heal your adrenals. So Rasa Coffee is a completely coffee-free alternative beverage that actually uses adaptogenic herbs that heal and restore your adrenal function. So it's an herbal support. It tastes amazing. You brew it very similarly to coffee. I like to brew it in my French press and it works really well. I also love to have it bulletproof style, quote unquote, with some coconut oil or ghee blended in. It tastes like heaven. 
I cannot wait for you all to try this. And really, it just would be a great way for you all to get started on not relying so much on caffeine, but providing your body with this safe healing style of energy that comes from these adaptogenic herbs, which is what rasa is completely made of. There's no gluten, no caffeine, no sugar, no coffee, nothing but herbs that when blended all together, taste like a dream. So I really cannot wait for you all to try this. Head to Rasa Coffee with a K and get 15% off your order when you use the coupon code KETO, the number four women. That's Rasa, K-O-F-F-E-E dot com. Use coupon code KETO, the number four women for 15% off your order. Let me know how you like your Rasa because... I know I like mine with some vanilla bean ghee blended in first thing in the morning. And really, truly, it provides this lasting, really stable energy that coffee does not bring me. Y'all know I cannot tolerate caffeine. So I am all about these coffee alternatives. And Rasa is absolutely my favorite, hands down. So go ahead and try it yourself. Head over to rasacoffee.com. All right, let's move on to IUDs because I think a lot of people, women, move to an IUD as maybe the safer option once they find out about these birth control pill side effects and they don't want that, obviously. Then we do have the other option of an IUD, which is basically a small device that's implanted up into your uterus and it keeps the egg from being fertilized. So The good thing with IUDs is that you do still ovulate. You will still have a menstrual cycle and you will still have a little bit more of control, I guess. Your body will have more control over the hormones that you are releasing. Now, there are two types of IUDs. One is a hormonal IUD, which again is using a man-made synthetic progestin to kind of slow release constantly into your body. And that's why it's implanted there. And then there's also a copper IUD, which doesn't release any hormones and instead uses copper, which basically prevents the sperm from getting to the egg for fertilization. So those two obviously come with different risks and different ideas of things to consider. A lot of people I do think consider the copper IUD because they just want to not have to worry about synthetic hormones in general because it's just not good overall to put synthetic hormones in your body. But that also, of course, comes with its own risk. Again, that's something that I tried myself. I went from birth control pills to a copper IUD And that lasted about maybe a month and a half. And I was like, no way, this is not happening. So let's go over some of these things. So some of the side effects of having an IUD in general, first of all, like, remember, you're putting a foreign object into your body that doesn't always go well. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's not. So you do take the risk of potentially perforating your uterus and causing a much bigger issue, which isn't super common. So not something to worry about, but just something to know. But I think really the bigger issues that I see quite often, first of all, your periods become unpredictable. If you're taking the hormonal version of the IUD, a lot of times you don't have a period at all, but that's not 
totally always the case. So sometimes you'll just get random bleeding and spotting and it'll be like once every 10 days or just it's kind of random. And that's just part of the process. That's just what happens. So you will have potentially some unpredictable bleeding. And then really the biggest one is depression. And I see it so much. I've seen it in friends. I've seen it in clients. They don't understand what's going on with them, but they feel like a different person. And then finally, they realize that it's because of the IUD. And it can really stem back to that and when that was implanted and just how it's kind of was this slow build into feeling not so happy and really dealing with some depression issues. And then they get it removed. And within a few weeks, they feel like themselves again. So it really is that obvious and can really take a toll that quickly. Now, of course, like I said, just overall in general, putting synthetic hormones into your body is not really a great idea for any of us. It's going to inhibit what your body does naturally. Putting a man-made chemical into your body every single day, day in, day out, is also not ideal. So that is something to consider as well. Yeah, hormones are just, they'll just be a little wonky because they're not real. They're not your hormones. As far as the copper ones go, those are a little bit different because they're not hormonal. So you instead actually have more painful and heavy periods. Your periods may become more frequent. They will definitely be heavier and you will definitely feel them. So that's a huge drawback for a lot of people because that's what we're trying to get rid of in a lot of cases and just not not good. You also are at obviously an increased risk for copper toxicity. And I actually see this pretty commonly too. It seems like it would be rare, but that's not really the case. I mean, copper is a mineral that you want to keep in balance and it's very important for that balance to happen on a day-to-day basis. And that's going to be really hard for your body to regulate. And, you know, normally just as humans, our bodies regulate that pretty well on its own. But when you have this extra thing in your body that is copper, that's going to throw that off and it will be a little bit harder and you can actually start experiencing the effects of actual toxicity. And along with that comes inflammation, not only from copper toxicity, but also just because, again, you have this foreign object in your body and it is made of copper and it actually promotes inflammation in that area. And that's really what makes it a birth control option is that inflammatory process doesn't allow the sperm to swim. So you're basically causing more inflammation in your body, which most of us are trying to get rid of and undo some inflammatory damage. So you'd be kind of not doing that in that specific area. And this goes along with it, that puts you at a greater risk of pelvic inflammatory disease. And that's where basically your uterus, fallopian tubes, ovaries, they all become infected. And that's pretty common with the copper IUDs. One more thing quickly that I forgot to mention about the hormonal IUD is that really any synthetic hormone birth control option is going to put you at a greater risk for breast cancer. Forgot about that, but that will obviously be a really, really important thing to consider when making your choice on which birth control options you want to go with. So those are the biggest ones that I wanted to talk about. Obviously, there are other options, but now I want to switch over so that we have some time to talk about your alternatives. So now that you have 
potentially decided that you want to try something else and you want to go off of these hormones or get that IUD removed, first of all, let's talk about that decision. So like I said, it's going to be a personal decision for you. That will be something that you'd want to talk to your doctor about. And just even a phone call or an email and just be like, I want to go off my birth control that I'm on, either make an appointment to get your IUD removed, or if you're taking the pill, then you basically just don't take the next pack. But again, talk to your doctor, either phone call, email, go in if you need to, and let them know that that's what you want to do. And they should be supportive of that and just let you know to stop after the next pack and go about your day. So that's how it actually happens. And then, you know, like I said, as far as the pill goes, it's going to take a little while for your hormones to balance out. You may not get a period for a while at all. You may get them really frequently, like every 14 days. You may just bleed a little bit and then bleed a lot. It's going to be very random potentially for a little while. And then you will notice that things start to regulate. So the biggest things that you can do, obviously, a ketogenic diet is going to help with that a lot, a lot, a lot. So in any case, definitely make sure you're eating a high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet, get into ketosis, make sure you're eating enough food, all the things that we talk about here on Keto for Women. Make sure all that is happening and you're in the safe place as far as your diet goes. And then really also work on other stressors in your life. Really use that as a time to take more opportunities for self-care and self-love and take naps if you want to, work out, Go for walks in nature, all the things that can really help calm you. So basically, as you can see, we're just trying to not have any stress on the body during that time. That's what your main goal should be. That's what will help you get your period back quicker and help you start ovulating quicker. So that's all it is. That's all it is, is just really reducing the amount of stress that you can in your body and in your life and in your mind and all the things that we talk about in order to get your period back a little bit quicker and make that transition quicker. Now, IUD, same rules apply, like definitely ketogenic, definitely work on your stress levels during that time. Hopefully it will come back a little quicker because like I said, even if with the hormonal IUD, you're still producing some hormones on your own, you're still potentially ovulating. So you would potentially have an easier time getting off of that. The hardest thing is really making the appointment and going to get it taken out. And it doesn't feel great. So, you know, it's not terrible, but it doesn't feel great. So that's really the hardest part. And there may be some bleeding that comes along with that, but that will be short term. So now that we have made that decision, potentially, those of us listening And if you haven't, no big deal. You have this to come back to when you're ready to make that decision, just something to think about, talk about it with your partner and see what the best idea is. But let's move on to what we can do if you don't want to have a baby or if you do want to have a baby. We'll talk about that too. So obviously the first one, condoms, the longest running birth control option probably, I would say. There's a lot of different options. There's lamb skin if you have sensitive skin. There's synthetic. There's latex depending on what your preference is. Of course, I know it's not the most convenient. I know it's not the most fun potentially for some people. Some people like them. It just depends. If that's what you're comfortable doing, then Again, it's going to be something to talk with your partner and see if that's the best route to go for you. There's like a diaphragm or cervical cap that you can use. 
the diaphragm, both of them just go, basically you insert them up into your vagina before sex. And typically there's spermicide involved and it will basically block the sperm from getting anywhere, which is really convenient and nice. There's different sizes too, based on if you've had a baby or how old you are, if you haven't had a baby and you just have to find one that fits snugly. And then that would be a good option too. Again, probably a little bit inconvenient as far as having to insert that at potentially inconvenient times or whatever, but also an option. Now, let's talk more deeply about my favorite option. And this is something that Jimena and I kind of mentioned too. And I know I've talked about it a little bit in the past as well. But this natural family planning, also known as fertility awareness method, and there's some other little acronyms too. But if you ever see NFP or FAM, that's what that means. And I just adore this method of birth control. And this is where it can be used for birth control right now. And then down the line, it can be used for family planning to try to conceive. And that is really where just having this knowledge right now, even if it's not a time where you want to start a family, having this knowledge will make it so much easier when you do, because you're going to know your body so well. And that's really one of the biggest reasons why I like the natural family planning method so much is because you learn so much about yourself and your body and you have a whole different level of respect for your body and everything it does on a daily basis and how intricate our female bodies are. It's like, man, we're cool. We do some cool stuff on a day-to-day basis. And that's what I kind of learned about myself when I started doing the natural family planning method. And just it was so cool to get to know this stuff about myself and just have that connection with my body. And now I really want you to have that too, because it's very empowering. Makes you feel like a pretty badass woman, I must say. Let's talk about what this means if you don't know. Okay, so this is another reason why I love this method is because it's free or at least really inexpensive. You may have to buy a thermometer. And it is super effective, like crazy effective once you get to know yourself a little bit. And no hormones. So those are all my reasons for loving this natural family planning. Basically, what you're doing, you're going to look at three different things in your body every single day for a period of time until you get to know your particular cycle. So those three things are temperature, your basal body temperature more specifically, your cervical fluid and the changes that happen in your cervical fluid on a day-to-day basis over the course of your cycle, and then your cervix positioning and feeling. So those three things, when used in combination, you will know the exact day pretty much that you ovulate. And when you ovulate is when you are fertile. And that's when you can actually make a baby. And surprisingly, it's only about 12 to 24 hours of a window to where that can actually take place. It's a very small period of time. So if you give yourself a little bit of room on either end just for the little bit of human error that may happen, then you will be almost at 100% effective of not making a baby or of making a baby if you use that window to have sex. So let's talk about these three things in a little bit more detail. The temperature. So basically, you are taking your temperature right when your eyes open. 
The very first thing you do when you wake up, before you get out of bed, before you kiss your partner, before you go to the bathroom, anything, you're taking your temperature. That's your basal body temperature. It is worth it to get a really good thermometer to do this where you actually have a very precise measure because you're going to want to see how that temperature changes throughout the month. So your temperature will increase by a pretty significant degree. I would say half to one degree Fahrenheit. I don't know how that calculates to Celsius, maybe about the same, maybe probably less. So you'll have to kind of calculate that or see how that works. But you will notice a pretty significant bump in your temperature, your basal body temperature, the day after you ovulate. And it will stay up until you menstruate. So from menstruation, and that is day one of our cycle. So the first day that you see blood, that's day one of your menstrual cycle. So from day one until ovulation, your temperature will be pretty stable. It'll be pretty steady about the same every single morning right when you wake up, as long as you've had a good night's sleep and you're not sick and those kind of things. And then you may actually notice a little bit of a decrease right before you ovulate, and then it will pop up. And it'll be a different number for the rest of your cycle. So again, ovulation happens anywhere from day 12, I'd say, to day 20-ish, different for everybody. But you'll know that. You'll know that about yourself. After you do this for a few cycles, you'll know the day that you, in particular, ovulate. And it does vary, of course, even person to person, month to month. But you'll have a much better idea and you'll get to know so much more about your body. So you are doing that basal body temperature. And all of this should be recorded. There are many, many, many great apps out there. I use Kindara. It's just something I've used for years. K-I-N-D-A-R-A. I'll link to that in the show notes. I use that. There's a lot of other that do it, but you just put it in an app in your phone and it tracks it all for you and will tell you everything you need to know. So you're also looking at your cervical fluid. So when you obviously you're menstruating and then from there, once the blood has ceased, you go into some dry days where you don't notice a whole lot of cervical fluid. And then it kind of slowly starts increasing until ovulation occurs. And you will know if you start really looking and paying attention and using your fingers to kind of test yourself, you will know that you're ovulating or close ovulation simply by the changes in your cervical fluid. So around ovulation, it gets very egg whitey. So it will be gel-like almost, and you will be able to, I want to say like stringy, you'll be able to see a string form. It's really hard to explain. I'm not doing a very good job, but you will notice it will be very egg whitey and slippery. And that is a sign that you're ovulating. That's what needs to happen in order for the sperm to get to the egg. So that's your sign right there. So that in itself is hugely important, although you do want to at least start by doing all three of these before you totally rely on it because you want to know more about yourself. And then the last one would be the changes in your cervix. So again, using your fingers, you can start to kind of learn more about what happens to your cervix over the course of the month. So when you are ovulating or close to ovulation, your cervix gets higher and softer. So you will notice a change in the actual feeling of it, whereas every other point in the month, it will be hard 
it'll be much harder and you will really be able to feel that very easily. So now you can see if you have these three things that show you exactly the time that you're ovulating, you take a few days on either side of it to either use additional protection or to abstain from sex then you have a large part of the month where you know you will not get pregnant because your body's not there. Your body's not doing that. It's not that time. So this is also a really good tool to use just to learn more about how your hormones are doing and if you're actually ovulating. Because there's many women, like I've mentioned before, that have a period, but they don't ovulate. So this is a really good test to see how you're doing. I would say the only downside to this is that, of course, you need to have a somewhat normal menstrual cycle, but it doesn't have to be like spot on every single month. You're still going to learn so much more about this as you keep doing this. So this is something that you basically kind of need to keep doing, I would say, for probably about six months-ish to learn this stuff, do all three pieces to it. And then from there, you've learned hopefully a lot. And hopefully during this time, you also started regulating your menstrual cycle too. So maybe you've noticed some changes in your menstrual cycle and it's getting more regular because you've either gotten off of the birth control pill or you're no longer on the IUD. So your body has a chance to regulate and learn how to do that process again for itself. So it's just a really good tool. I really think that every woman who is having or should be having a menstrual cycle, meaning you're still in that age range, should be doing this. Obviously, of course, unless you're on birth control or something like that, where you're preventing a normal menstrual cycle. So I would love for you all to give this a try. I know it sounds so scary to have like no protection, but you're really protecting yourself to the maximum degree because you've learned so much about your body and you know exactly what your body's doing every single day. And that is so not only empowering, but it's powerful because you have the control and you now feel secure in knowing I want to have a baby, so I'm going to have sex during this period. I don't want to have a baby, so I'm going to abstain or I'm going to use another form of birth control. Like there's just so much freedom in that. Now, I know this was a really quick synopsis of what it actually is, and I think it would behoove everyone to learn a little bit more. Obviously, I only had a few minutes to explain it, but hopefully it's given you enough information to where you want to at least give it a try and learn more. And if that's the case, I highly recommend the book, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. I read it. That's what prompted me to start this. And I've never looked back. And really, honestly, I think I only read like a third of it. And I was like, all right, I got this. So it might seem a little daunting at first, but it's really not. It does a great job of explaining all those three tools that you're going to use to find out when your ovulation is happening and what to do if you have abnormal cycles or you're not quite sure, kind of does a little bit of troubleshooting too. So I highly recommend that book. I will link to that in the show notes as well and get your hands on that and get started with this natural family planning. Oh, it's so great. You guys will love it. Give it a few months. You guys will love it. You will feel this empowerment that I'm telling you about. And yeah, you won't have to rely on these synthetic hormones anymore. All right. So that's all I'm going to get into today as far as alternatives. Of course, there are a few others, but I think those are going to be the most common. I hope, I really, really hope that this episode has opened some doors from some people, shed some light on the subject. I just really want you to know that 
the birth control pill is not safe. It, it does not come without its really, really important warnings. So please keep that in mind. Make the best decision for you. Talk to your doctor. Please talk to your doctor and make sure that that's the best option and give it a try and see what happens. Of course, if you have any other questions related to this topic, I think this would be a great one to do a follow-up on so we can maybe take some questions in a Keto Hot Seat episode specifically related to birth control and go from there. So make sure you look out for the Keto Hot Seat call for questions that will be coming out within days of this podcast airing. So be on the lookout for that and submit your questions there and we will get to them. Until then, have a great week and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.